for the Alliance. For the Horde! Slay them all! Your mum's a bearded ogre and your father's a trog! Welcome back to Casually Casual Cast. I am your host, Harina Swift. This is the Warcraft podcast for those who are hardcore about not being hardcore. This is episode 18. And in this episode, I cover Warcraft retail and wild classic news in and out of Azeroth. I cruise the forums, share some community feedback, I share some adventures in Azeroth, and I finish by taking a trip through trade chat which is where I go over in-game events and out-of-game events and anything that didn't have a place in the show wraps it up there. Today's date is February 17th, 2023. And if you've wondered how you can have your thoughts, tips, opinions, stories, and adventures on the show, think no more because I'll tell you how. You can head to Twitter and you can tweet or DM the show at Warcraft Casual. You can follow me on Twitter at Horena. You can email the show at casuallycasualcast at gmail.com. You can find past episodes, the show notes for Casual Casual Cast, and the rest of the podcast that I host at CozyPodcastNetwork.com. And you can join Clutch Meets Discord and the in-game cross-faction Cross Realm Gaming Group at clutchmates.card.co. That's clutchmates.card.co. And you can also leave a voicemail now by dialing 616 275 2759. Feel free to leave a voicemail on any recruiting needs that you have or anything that you want to comment on and have your voice shared on the show. Just keep it safe for work. That's my only thing, and I will share it on the show. So, uh, without further ado, we're going to dive into some news. Alright, our first chunk of news, we're going to cover um, some ABK news, the Activision Blizzard King news, And what we're going to do is just, I'm going to briefly mention this because it's just, it's fresh. It's just being talked about for about four hours now. And before I like to really dive in and discuss something further, I like to wait 72 hours because so much stuff comes out in the fallout of whatever happens. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just skim over some of the stuff that's in the articles that I'm going to share in the show notes. And you can dive in and read further because there's a lot to cover, but I'll try my best to kind of give a good idea of what's happening because we're all learning about it right now. And this is because all of this has taken place in an all-hands-down meeting at Blizzard Entertainment. And um, even in this wowhead uh, title. Um, it says, All Hands Down Meeting at Blizzard's Entertainment Undermines Concerns and Frustrates Their Employees. And this was posted four hours ago. And But this is all over. It's all over Twitter. 
and it's all over um, a lot of the Blizzard sites and a lot of people are having a lot of good discussions over everything that's going on and um, okay so we're just gonna get started discussing it like I said I'm talking about the I'm quoting the Wowhead article and they're actually quoting GameDeveloper.com's article so that's what what we're going to be covering. So Blizzard Entertainment President Mike Yabara spoke to employees in an all-hands-down meeting over a Zoom yesterday, addressing a number of controversial subjects including stack rankings, reduced profit sharing, and the upcoming return to office mandate, which would end three years of work-from-home policies. A report by game developer relayed these quotes attributed to Yabara as well as additional context added by a Blizzard spokesman after the fact. So in the article, they do, why I'm covering um, the Wowhead article, because I like how they broke it down, they did put in, in their table of contents in the article the different areas that this particular article covers. That's the stack ranking employees, the reduced profit sharing, return to office mandate, long-term disciplines, and demoralized employee response. So each one of those are a huge chunk of information on their own. So that's why I can't comfortably cover this without, and I thought about doing like a whole episode just on that, but then I thought, mm, I don't know, because I don't know as much about it as the people really going through it. So I feel like we're going to learn a lot more in the next couple days. So the stack ranking employees is the practice of using stack rankings to evaluate employee performance. Performance. And this actually came to light um, in the public after Classic WoW technical lead Brian Birmingham left the company in protest due to refusing to give out an undeservedly low employee valuation in order to fill a competitive stack ranking quota required by executive leadership and citing it as an unfair practice which pits employees against one another. Birmingham followed up by saying that the policies originated from the problematic influence at Activision Blizzard rather than Blizzard Entertainment's leadership specifically. So, you know, it's that saying the, you know, crap rolls downhill, you know, and every stop it makes, it gets everybody just covered in brown goo. So... Despite those comments seemingly absolving Blizzard and its leadership, however, President Mike Yabara actually took a different line, purportedly downplayed the concerns raised by Birmingham. So I did, I all this was going on, and I haven't put out an episode as early as I wanted to because, to be honest, I've just been having way too much fun playing Warcraft, and it's really hard to take time away to podcast about something when I just really want to be playing. <laughs> so if you don't hear from me, that's why I'm just playing a lot of freaking Warcraft. So, um, and I'm like, you know what, Harina, you need to get your button gear and put on an episode because all this stuff was happening with the Mike Birmingham and I'm like, oh, I gotta do an episode, I gotta cover this, ah! And then I just log in and just get immersed in the land of Azeroth. So my apologies, please forgive me. But yeah, um, Brian actually quit his role working on WoW Classic on a principle-based situation and I applaud him and I would have done the exact same thing. You, he has a conscience. 
He has a, he's a good person. He has a conscience. He's a family man. He's trying to do the best he can under this corporate thumb. And he was told, listen, you know, you have to give this really great performing employee a bad ranking because this is how we do it. Okay, whatever. No, that's bunk. And I applaud him for putting a stop to it and and not um, bowing down and kissing the ring and saying, you know what, if you want to be a crap human, you go and do it. I ain't going to do it. So please keep him in your thoughts. And if you're the praying type in your prayers that he does land on his feet and finds an even better place of employment that will apply him for his genuine awesomeness okay so um, they go on to talk about the stack rankings of employees which is a really crap thing to do and then they talk about the reduced profit sharing the compensation was also a big talking point following a recent announcement that Blizzard employees would only be receiving 58% of their profit sharing bonus, despite record-breaking growth in profits during Activision Blizzard's latest financial results report. And while that this is being applied to executives, managers, and workers alike, employees took exception to a statement made by Yabara suggesting that all groups were similarly affected by the cuts when each group's base compensation and bonuses are so dramatically skewed. So um, they go down to quote the game developer's article saying that according to several sources, Yabara stated something to the effect of, if you think that executives are making a lot of money and you aren't, you're living in a myth. In the next context of the discussion, Yabara's statement was technically factual Blizzard's decision to cut the profit sharing bonus to 58% does apply equally to all employees, executives included. That's what they're saying in the con this is what the game developers reporting. But in a broader context, sources agreed that Yabara's statement and particularly the implication that employees are living in a myth doesn't make very much sense at all because then now they drop the hammer of the return to office mandate. Uh, the discussion then took place regarding to end the work from home policies tied into the question of compensation as employees would soon find themselves with increased expenses related to returning to a physical office. Others may have to relocate entirely, although apparently some workers would be able to remain all remote. And the article and game developers quoted by saying, According to our sources, Yabera responded to a question that argued this return to office policy would cause the company to lose talent at an inopportune time. The questioner asked what leadership intended to do to prevent such departures. Yabara said that reportedly did not provide very much clear action plans to retain talent, though it was apparently shared elsewhere that Blizzard would open offices in new unnamed locations to act as central hubs. He did, however, reportedly say the following, and it's quoted, at the end of, oh, I forgot my Mike Yabara voice, at the end of the day, we want people to be happy. Oh, sounds like it. Sounds like you do. <laughs> and if decisions about being happy 
don't align where we're going and you won't be happy, then you'll have to do what it will make you, you know, happy. Alright, that sounds like word salad. <laughs> After publication, Blizzard reached out to add additional comment on the topic, and they are quoted saying, We understand some people may not find this model ideal, and that change is hard, but we are one of 90% of companies returning to the office this year, and we're committed to supporting teams and making the transition. They also stated that it is also reaffirmed that the company is continuing to honor the status of all remote workers and exceptions on the return to office plan will be made for medical or religious reasons. And then there goes into the long-term discipline. And they said perhaps the largest point of outrage came from comments implying that quality assurance and customer service, two of the employee groups most affected by these other changes we've already discussed, were actually not considered long-term disciplines. A Blizzard spokesperson walked the statement back after the fact, citing that entry or junior level roles rather than CS and QA departments specifically, although these clarification rings somewhat hollow, given that the majority of customer service and Q&A are generally hired as low paid entry or junior level roles. And the article and game developer went further and said, in that discussion, Yabero reportedly said something to the effect of, some of our disciplines are not long-term disciplines, in reference to those departments. Blizzard spokesperson confirmed that Yabera made the comment, and according to them, those disciplines are considered not long-term disciplines, which is weird. How can you, how can you have a company without considering customer service and Q&A quality being a long-term discipline? That's so weird. All right. They, they also went on to say that Activision Blizzard has, quote, many programs to support that growth. So, oh, because they said that they want people to grow and take on an expanded responsibility and opportunity. Yeah, in every job that seems to be, you know, the basic stepping stool. You start out in an entry position. It doesn't mean the entry position is not long term. And especially you can't call customer service and quality assistance, um, the quality and A, to be uh, not a long term. It's like, What? How what? Swiping for you poop. Doesn't make sense. This oh, so roles at Blizzard have different compensation levels, they stated. We encourage we encourage and support people in lower compensation roles. They're the ones that make it a lower compensation role, right? A business doesn't have to go and put customer service and quality at the bottom of their pay. You know what I mean? Like that's their choice. If they're running a company and you're running a company, you would, if you made it the low compensation role. It's not like it's just etched in a stone somewhere and everybody has to follow suit, you know. No, that is by design, okay? So don't act like you're a victim of yourself because that's what it sounds like. Um, roles at Blizzard have different compensation levels. They stated, we encourage and support people in lower compensation roles to fuller develop skills and expertise that allow for greater opportunity and rewards for them. What the? No, they're, 
This is the, the backwards thinking that bothers me about companies is when us as a consumer, right? How many times I think I lamented and I want to apologize for that. I listen, I listen to each episode I do like once to make sure my sound is okay. And I was like, girl, I think I got a feeling that you are really mad about the customer service making you wait like 30 plus days. I'm like, how many times did I say 30 plus days in episode 17? So my apologies. I'm self-aware, if anything. So I am aware I apparently was really ticked off and for good reason, because this is going to prove my point I'm going to make right here. It's so strange that companies value their customer service and their quality teams that play super important roles in the company and also are a huge reason why people walk away from doing business with companies is because one, their customer service sucks and two, their quality of the product sucks. So what do you expect to get out of a company when you put so little value on your product quality and your customer service, right? Those are some, that is like, that is definitely wiping before you poop. It just, it can't wrap my head around. They're like the two most important things. If you're producing a product to a group of people and you place zero value on customer service and quality, then you get what you get. But it's like the minute they get their high, high, um, money taken like they they made a lot of money this round and then it's like they get too big for their britches they had their financial results was record-breaking growth and profits and then they're like oh but you people that make it possible <laughs> we don't care about you you're gonna listen to us Rah. you know it just is like where is this coming from where's this iron fist ridiculousness coming from it's so strange so yeah, whatever. It's like they're like they they act like these systems are just nothing, and they're like you are just supposed to grow and move out of those. Those are very valuable and after the face of the company. When I called, like, okay, I have Xfinity Cable, and I went with Xfinity Mobile, right? And I went to the store, and I bought a Google Pixel 7 Pro phone, which I'm only going to tell you right now, don't do it. They're crap, okay? Within, I bought it at the end of November. Customer service is absolutely backwards. The, the customer service ping pongs us, you know, we buy the insurance, the assured insurance. And if, if your phone is in within a manufacturer's warranty, you would think you could be able to go back to Xfinity store where you bought the phone and get a new one if it's still under the warranty for these manufacturing defects where my screen now just flickers lines are going down i've never dropped it and i've only had it for around two months it's in a case i don't do i've never dropped it there's no scratches there's nothing it's immaculate i'm quite proud and i <laughs> we go to xfinity and they're like no you're gonna have to send this in. but this was after we called 
we called Xfinity. Xfinity sends us to the Assurer Insurance. The Assurer Insurance go, we can't cover this. It's not due to a drop loss, and it's still under <laughs> manufacturer's warranty. So then they toss us back to Xfinity. And then Xfinity goes, no, you're supposed to have it covered under insurance. And then they toss us back to insurance. And we're ping-ponged about six times. And then, then, finally, somebody says, hey, we can't help you here because we can't see the phone. You're going to have to take it to the store. And we're like, what the hell? So then we go to the store and they're like, well, we can't help you here. You're going to have to get a hold of Google <laughs> and tell Google that they, uh, your phone is still under manufacturer warranty and you need to be sent a new one. And that's where we're at right now. All because we got a phone through freaking Xfinity and we're bouncing back and forth, back and forth, bing bong, bing bong. So don't get one. I went on Reddit, side note full threads on reddit about how everybody's having these screen issues now after having their phone for a couple weeks to only a couple months even on the google pixel forums all the same people are having the same freaking problem i'm having and google is just super quiet about it and you know what that's poor customer service so now what do i have to do when i think of google i think of crap phones and I think of Xfinity, obviously, if you have Xfinity, I think crap service. The people at the store are super nice. The people on the phone, super nice. But you know what? It's the policies. And that's what people look at. You know, if I come to you for customer service and you literally just ping pong me around, I have a bad taste in my mouth. And when I have to wait 30 plus days, because you probably have strapped these people with not on like some sort of a skeleton crew, not giving them what they need to get the job done and not having enough people to do the job. You know what I mean? It's just ridiculous. So yeah, there's my rant on that. So I mean, the most important things, the teams on these, these corporations, customer service and quality, you know, it's, it's very important. And when you skimp and you treat those people like crap, it shows and then they misdirect and they they, you know, they don't get paid enough and they get hammered by the public. If anything, you should get paid more money if you have to deal with other humans. The more humans, your job, if I had to, if I got to say something, the more humans you have to encounter in your job, there should be a quota. If you have to deal with this many humans, you get this much more of a raise. That's what you should do. Not like a shift differential, a human interaction differential. That's what we should get. And that's what they should get. But now, now, in their little quotes, they're talked about being the lower entry levels. What the crap? Okay, anyways, I'm getting on a rant. All right, demoralized employee response. In response to these and other comments made through Alpha meetings, employees' response have been overwhelmingly critical, feeling demoralized and undervalued. Hmm, I wonder why. The little, you know, bigwigs up there making the most money, sneering down at you, going, you can just, you know, develop yourself more and move up in the company like we have, whatever. And I knew I never really cared for Mike Ibarra's, like, profile picture on Twitter. It looks like somebody's standing behind him with, like, a face stretcher and just, like, pulling it backwards. I'm just like, what is going on with that dude's face? He looks like a little snake. And so, anyways, woo, on a roll. This is what happens when I don't record for a couple weeks. So I feel like 
Feeling demoralized and undervalued, several have taken to Twitter and other social media to share their frustrations and show support for their fellow co-workers while lamenting the alarming cost of living in areas like Irvine. Exactly. Come on. Give me a break. Developer, game developer, again, relays the few of these comments from their sources. Game developer goes on to share that one source speaking to game developer wanted to stress that today's Q&A with management was the most demoralizing one that they have witnessed since J. Allen Brax made his final internal comments before he departed the company in 2021. The combined comments made during the Q&A painted a picture of management that stunned the source according to them. Blizzard employees who were weathered the last two years did so with belief that Blizzard Entertainment of today is not the one described in the lawsuit filed by the state of California. They described a sense that many unpopular decisions seen by the public were being made by Activision Blizzard above Mike Ibarra and other company leaders. Now today's Q&A has challenged that belief. They said that hearing the words coming out of Ibarra's mouth made it seem like the unpopular policies and refusal to raise pay were actually driven by Blizzard leadership. It feels wrong, they said. Nobody asked for this. Nobody knows where this even came from. This is not the blizzard we've worked for at the last year and a half. And you know what? I would have to say wrapping up this topic, I'll put the links in the show notes. I kind of felt the same way. I feel like when all of the lawsuit stuff started coming out and it's still an ongoing battle, we were sold this view of going, oh no, everything's good now. We've gotten rid of the bad behaving people. We're a different people. We're not the same. We love our employees. We don't want to sexually harass them. We don't want to abuse them. And then all of a sudden, in like a weird narrative whiplash, we get... And it's just like, whoa, where did this come from? Like, and so I agree, just as a consumer and an independent podcaster uh, talking about a game I enjoy, I'm like, where the hell did this come from? <laughs> where are you in your little Twitterverse doing out your little tweets about Warcraft and then on the backside, just stabbing the crap out of your employees. You know what I mean? And that goes to say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't work there. I don't know it. I don't know any about I don't know any of these people personally, but it just looks the same way that it sounds like they're feeling. On the outside looking in, I'm like, wow, that's interesting. That's a change in tone. And yeah, it makes you wonder, where are we at right now? And that is why I honestly like to wait. 72 hours at least because truth always floats to the surface these little snaky people can only lie for so long truth always comes out it always does so i like to wait and i like it to simmer and the little truth oven and i like the little pot to boil and let the truth rise to the top i love that so let's hope that that's what happens because this sounds like a lot of Let's move into some Warcraft news. And when I say this sounds like a lot of I mean the crap coming from the leadership right now. The ABK stuff. 
the coming in going, yeah, we made a lot of money, so you're going to get less money. But don't worry, because we supposedly get less money, too. And all the guys got to come in right now and got to work right out or find no more work from home. And like all that crap. That crap is just... And that makes me wonder, where is this coming from? Interesting. Now, I wanted to lead with all that so I could finish with the good, awesome stuff, like the, the in-game stuff. It's rides on my mind. I'm the type of a gamer that I don't like feeling like I'm feeding the beast. You know what I mean? I don't like having that... I don't want to feel like I have, I have like Stockholm Syndrome. You know, like when the captive person starts to have empathy towards their abuser, right? Um, that's, I write a very fine line, you know? Some things just are not, there's an, in my opinion, I'll say that, in my opinion, there's not an ethically moral company on this planet that I, that is as big and as large as these ones that we, like Blizzard, that we, ABK, you know, that we purchase and we play games and we subscribe to, you know what I mean? It's not like it's a, tiny little independent studio in a basement and we want to give them love and support no this is a bloodthirsty beast it's grown into and it seems like there's like a split in the faction where there's the good people who mean well and want to see this through and they really felt like they had that and then there's the cutthroat jack wagons at the top who are just posers and pretend that they're the nice people <laughs> that's where i'm at right now so i like to share stuff because no matter what there's amazing people in every one of these bloodthirsty ridiculous beast beast like corporations that are just bloodthirsty and you know sociopaths so they just don't give a crap about anybody but themselves and what they can get and suck from the rest of humanity so so yep the stay in while a look inside the quest this is why i did the abk up front so we can talk about all the other amazing stuff that goes on in world of warcraft to do a podcast timeline cleanse we'll call it that so the seed um it well this is the quest that in dragonflight if you have not gotten to dragonflight yet there's a quest called stay a while and everybody should hear stay a while and listen um and it's a look inside the quest i thought this was cool of them to add on the world of warcraft uh, blizzard.com and they said dragonfly introduced a variety of quests to draw players into the beauty and wonder of the dragon isles and side note you shouldn't have to do a quest to draw us in because the place is freaking beautiful right dragonflight the dragon isles is just stunning stunning so but they did and so now we're going to talk about it but one has stood out among the many stay a while we take a moment to look at the genesis of this quest with the quest design team and how it evolved into the quiet moment and remembrance so many players love the seed of an idea, meet Veristraz. The NPC Veristraz's story emerged from the desire to tell a story about the Ruby Life Shrine and to keep the action contained entirely within the area 
While providing it was insight into the mind of a dragon returning home for the first time in 10,000 years. The original pitch was for a player to explore the area with an old red dragon who grew up in the Ruby Life Shrine. The red dragon would tell the player about it from notes that they had written to help them recall many things that they have forgotten over time. And in this version, the quest had a lot more levity to it, but would end in a similar way with the red dragon coming across the black dragon egg tending location and having a breakdown as he remembered his old black dragon friend pre-corruption. The intent of the quest could be described as explain what the ruby life shrine is and explain the various situations of the dragon flights told through the lens of an old dragon. But the problem was that we already had a similar quest where the player visited various hatcheries and talked to the egg tenders, which that was an awesome quest. So the team decided to work on other ideas for this quest. They focused on the core idea of an old red dragon feeling remorse and weariness after such a long time and then confronting those feelings and memories. And then they iterated it on a theme, then began the team's iteration on this quest to the version players play today. Some changes that were actually made included talking to Alex Straza, where there was a lot of focus on loss with how every known brood and brood relative to Alex Straza is dead, how that impacts, and impacts her, etc. Having the quest giver reminisce about a black dragon friend that they were visibly distraught over having to kill those many years ago. And another version broke this into multiple quests, got rid of the Ruby Life Shrine tour, and introduced the concept of sitting and looking at the view. It also added the idea of the memory capsule. So in the further iteration of the dialogue was made based on feedback and discussions with the team. And then after discussions, the team decided that there was actually too much dialogue and something was needed to break it up. And then the initial dialogue that was written could be described as sarcastic and bitter. Through the team's iteration and how they wanted to represent the NPC, they actually developed it into a sadder tone and this was developed, the team agreed that it was more interesting to listen to an NPC with a sad personality who feels as if he's just done with everything. The line of thought was to represent a character that had just given up because of their experiences. And another goal of the quest line was to avoid having the player to, quote, fix various strats, as that is not how emotional, mental, or mood disorders work. Instead, the team wanted to just tip the scales a bit, so instead of having various strats slide further downwards, maybe this conversation with the player character could be a catalyst to help him start to climb upwards. So I thought that that is really awesome that they put that much thought into it. And that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. We can read and be told and listen to stories about how these mega corporations and their little minions want to squash the creativity and the love and care out of all of its employees. Or we can focus on what good is still being done and I think talking about how just emotional, mental, and mood disorders and so on are not just fixed. There's a lot of healing that has to take place. We're all very dynamic beings as humans. And we're, you can't just broad brush a big group of, cre of creation and be like, get better, fix yourself, dirt, move on, you know, make me money. And 
I like the fact that they do kind of glimpse, take these little windows into the game and show the humanity in the game. You know, get what I'm saying? So, you know, I love that. And the fact that it's real life. Sometimes people just want you to listen. Just sit down. You don't have to fix anybody. You don't have to try to find a solution to the problem. Sometimes all they want is an open ear. Someone to just dump a little bit. I'm not talking about the perpetual people in your life that like to use you as a problem dumpster. I'm not talking about that. The people who are having a really hard time and they don't have anybody to bounce anything off from. That's what I'm talking about. And that's what I like about this quest is it's a realization of reality. It's a realization that past has happened. Yeah, it has an uncomfortable feeling, but knowing that the future is not existent yet and it could be a pretty amazing, right? Our present should not, you know, dictate what our future is going to be. So I love that about it. Fitting the character to the story. Many people can relate to a story about coming home to a place that is no longer exactly what they remember, as well as feeling that longing to return home and the days filled with good memories. And I really like that too, because, you know, we as a world population have been through some crap the last three years and we can take and we, a lot of us have lost a lot people, places, things, um, life, parts of our life, uh, relationships, outlooks, opinion. You know, we've so many things have evolved or devolved over that amount of time. And it does help to just take a break, to take a look, to take a step back and to talk about some stuff, you know, because if that's one thing that I've learned in my many years here, um, is that there's always somebody out there struggling with the same situation you're struggling with and that you're not alone in it. And I know a lot of times it feels like you are, but you're not. So I love that they put these quests in that are just, you know, we have our goofy quests where we go collect the 12 ears and the 12 tusks and we turn them in and we get our experience. And then I like these quests. It, they definitely took a lot of time to make sure it delivered a very awesome meaning to the game too. So there are awesome people putting in a lot of thought into what we're playing. So don't you think they don't? And they want to say Veristras was created with a specific intention and there's no backstory yet on the character and their actions over the past 10 years, 10 years, 10,000 years. His very existence is all due to that initial seed of an idea that grew into a beautiful moment high above the waking shores on the edge of the ruby life shrine. So they finished off their post by saying, we hope that this helps shine some light on the developer pro development process and shows how many ideas and wow are born from a collaborative team effort. We look forward to telling many more tales within the world of Warcraft and look forward to seeing you in Azeroth. So stay a while and listen. All right, we have some Warcraft retail hotfixes. This first batch was posted on February 17, 2023. Items and rewards fixed a number of legacy dungeon items in the current Mythic Plus pool that had secondary stats that were slightly lower than intended. In a system fix, they added Fire Elemental Totem, Earth Elemental Totem, and Army of the Dead to the list of cooldowns that are reset when an encounter ends. We feel this is safe now that Naxxramas is not the primary raid. 
On February 15, 2023, they posted a fix for priests that fixed an issue preventing the root from void tendrils from being removed when the void tendril dies, and they made some changes in dungeons and raids to Mythic Plus Halls of Valor for the Hyrja fixed an issue that allowed players to remove the damage reduction of eye of the storm with immunity effects eye of the storm no longer damages players pets on february 14th they posted some fixes for items and rewards where they fixed an issue where a number of pvp items had an incorrect item level and were missing socket eligibility this fix is retroactive and requires relogging and then for a pvp fix they did a monk change where they fixed an issue that caused guided meditation which is a pvp talent to persist on allies after canceling zen meditation and on february 13th they made a change for evokers that fixed a number of issues that could sometimes cause action bars to become temporarily gray as a result of casting empowered spells and they fixed an issue where pyre and disintegrate would sometimes not cast despite appearing to have enough essence and then they went to dragon riding and tamed the volume of exertions of dragon riding mounts and they settled down since taking flight and then dungeons and raids they have fixed an issue in brackenhide hollow that caused an issue with rage claws bloodthirsty charge to hit players that are behind and to the side of rage claw and then for the vault of incarnates they fixed the thought the hall of fame horde for vault of the incarnates which has now been filled with the first 100 guilds to defeat mythic razagath congratulations to all players who earned a spot in the annals of raiding history this season and then with the re weekly restarts they also fix players from different servers may now group together in vault of the incarnates on mythic difficulty and then they go on to put a whole bunch of more changes that i'm not going to cover because it's quite lengthy and it all's about the heroic and mythic um stuff to do with razagath Alright, now we have a Dragonflight 10.0.7 PTR development notes, and that was posted for February 14th, and the new Paladin talents that are all abuzz, so if you main a Paladin, you might want to dive in and take a look over the patch notes. They are loaded with class changes, especially for Paladins, so start that tenderization process, so when it hits, you know, you'll be ready. But there's a few data mine pieces that I really wanted to share, and these were posted by Linksy Community Manager Linksy, and it was um, regarding the user interface and accessibility. And they said, Happy Valentine's Day, everybody! Here are this week's 10.0.7 development notes. Return to the Forbidden Reach. The Forbidden Reach is now available for testing. Treasure vaults are now on their intended weekly timer, was daily for testing purposes, and the Winterpelt Furbolg faction speaks a language that no one seems to understand. Learn to understand and eventually speak the language of the Winterpelt Furbolg as you help Sonova Snowden crack their peculiar dialect and earn their trust. 
Start the Academic Assistance Quest by accepting it in the Adventure Guide. The Academic Assistance will become available after completing the Winterpelt Hollow and Rustpine Den quest chains in the Azure Span. Players can now access their language progress in their spellbook. And there's going to be a new feature, real-time chat moderation. This is pretty sweet. Whispers that may contain harassing chat sent from a player you are not friends with will now be hidden. The recipient will receive a message warning them that they received a whisper that may have disruptive content and will be prompted if they'd like to see it anyway. If the whisper is revealed, there will be a report player option directly in the message so the offending player can be reported easily. Added a tag in the chat typing bar to tell players what language they are typing in if they are not typing in common or orcish. So there are your patch note PTR data mine nuggets. Valentine's Day may be over, but the sales for Love is in the Air is still going strong for World of Warcraft. And that is the um, Gift of Dragonflight is on sale right now. You can get up to 20% off the base heroic and epic editions of Dragonflight. And you can also get a huge ultimate cuddly pack that has 21 little companion pets. And this is for a limited time. You can save up to 67% and snuggle up with the ultimate cuddly pack. No matter the journey ahead, you will always find a faithful friend along this cheerful cluster of Azeroth's most lovable pets. If you already own one or more of the items, the ultimate cuddly pack is priced, will automatically adjust. And there's like 21 adorable companions from the Blizzard shop all in one big pack. And you can chill out with Wrath of Lich King Classic with 25% off discount when you purchase the Northrend Heroic Upgrade, the Northrend Epic Upgrade. And then you can also get a faction change in Wrath Classic. And that is up to 30% off on a paid faction changes. And you can do those in lumps too. I think you can, you can do it like for one, you get the percentage off and then there's a pack for two. And then there's a pack for like, you can move like eight characters over, I think it was. Let me go and double check. I don't want to say the wrong number. Yeah, you can get eight faction changes for Wrath Classic for $95. And you can get um, three for 42 and you can get one for 21. Now all of these sales and offers will be available through February 27th, 2023. So we have nine-ish days left. All right, the trading post has made its way into Azeroth. And with that, there is the adventure, the, the traveler's log that we get to work our way through. And I wanted to include this post by Wowhead titled Easiest Trading Post Task to Complete the Traveler's Log because some of them are easier than others. So they put together an entire list for the month of February, stuff that's easiest trading point challenges, like show some love to the trading posts, gives you 50 points. Show some love to the dragon aspects, 50 points. 
and you can just go around and slash emote love at the trading post merchants and their wares and uh, you gotta actually do the emote at garlock is the pet you need to emote at and then you can show love to the dragon aspects in Valdraken. There, show some love to fallen dragons for 50 points. So you can emote slash love at two of the specified fallen dragons inside their raids. So the four dragons are Anixia, Malagos, Syndragosa, and Deathwing. And there, so there's a whole list of things like that that are easy, low hanging fruit for us to go in and check some boxes off our traveler's log and that was a pretty cool addition i think to the game that one it gives more stuff because not everybody is equipped with the ability to entertain themselves okay i think we all know that person around us if you're the entertainers in your friend group or your family or your work or whatever sometimes there's people that gravitate to you because they literally have their void of creativity they cannot entertain themselves and that's just how they're wired and they love to be around people who can entertain more than just themselves so i think stuff like this is perfect for people who who really suffer from being able to find things to do in the game without being led with a, a little carrot on a stick so um, normally those are the people that absolutely loathe sandbox games because you are at your own will. You're, you are the reason why you're having fun or not having fun in like a sandbox game. So you definitely have to lean in on your imagination. So I think this is a great addition for people who are not really a self-starter or a self-entertainer. They like to check off boxes. They like to have lists. They like to be able to feel accomplished. I think this hits a lot of nails and I think this is an awesome thing to do. And who doesn't like to unlock free content inside of the game, free gifts and mounts and skins and pets I think it's amazing. I really am excited that they did something like this to add in the game because I have really felt like it was lacking and stuff like this. I know a lot of people are like, stop giving stuff away in the game in the trading post that you can buy on the store. Like, get over it, okay? <laughs> if you want to pay $25 and go buy a Sparkle Pony when you can just do in-game comment content to unlock the Sparkle Pony, then that's your choice, okay? So I just don't understand those people. They just, well, I do understand them because there's a section of humanity that loves to complain just to complain. They love the sound of their own voice. So I understand that. So the, the list will be in the show notes so you can head to wowhead.com to find it. I just wanted to share it because it was a great idea. I love knocking off low-hanging fruit. All right, so it was such a bummer when I found out um, last week that they were having to remove the Twitter integration from World of Warcraft. If you did not know, because I was surprised at how many people did not even know that this was a thing, but I want to say that it came out in CADA. When we got the selfie cameras and everything, they also added the ability for Twitter integration. So in your social tab, you used to be able to go in hook your Twitter account to it, and then you could tweet your screenshots right from in-game, and it was amazing. And it even put a hashtag, World of Warcraft, in it for you and everything. I loved it. So Kavix posted, 
on Twitter, on well, on Twitter, Wildhead posted, but on on the Blizzard forums, Kavik said, over the next few days, we will update World of Warcraft to remove the integrated Twitter posting feature. After the small update, the function to tweet from in-game will no longer be available, and the settings in which you store your Twitter credentials will no longer appear, and that actually took no action by other players. So... I like I said like if you look underneath people were like interesting change did folks use the Twitter integration I never did they said um then Flare Star said didn't even care to briefly explain the reason and Fuzzbutt said I mean if it wasn't being used might as well cut it off I didn't use it and I don't think I knew anyone these people apparently were not on Twitter because everybody in the Twitter Warcraft community use the crap out of it we loved using it it was something the people who knew it was there would use it all the time it was an easy way to share your achievements it was an easy way to share things gear that you unlocked um favorite stuff that you're working on in the game it was really cool and from what i understand it had a lot to do with the twitter api changes because they had to put down um it says also we can't meme on the game about patch 6.1 twitter integration anymore after eight years <laughs> so uh according for the people in the forums they really either didn't know it was a thing or whatever it says this was a thing damn if asma knew he would have saved time i don't think a lot of people understood that it came in but it was in and i saw it being used all the time and i used it all the time and i was really bummed when it got taken out so there it is but twitter did change its api integration and therefore things and third-party Twitter apps and stuff like that are directly affected due to these changes. But it is what it is. Can't really fix it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Article coming off from GameRant.com. World of Warcraft Classic Season of Mastery Realms close soon. The World of, Warcraft, World of Warcraft Classic players must prepare their Season of Mastery characters for server transfers before they are lost forever. World of Warcraft Classic announced the official closure date for the Season of Mastery Realms. Players must prepare their World of Warcraft characters to transfer out of these servers soon or they will risk losing them forever. Because last October, World of Warcraft announced it would be closing the Season of Mastery servers in the near future. Now, while Classic has confirmed weekly maintenance on Tuesday, February 21st, will signal the end of the Season of Mastery realms. After maintenance is completed, players will be unable to enter the game world on these servers. To, to prepare players for the impending closure, World of Warcraft has reminded players to utilize the free character transfer service it is offering Season of Mastery Realms. In order to use this service, a character must have an empty mailbox, no active auctions, and cannot be the leader of a guild in World of Warcraft. Blizzard suggests players log in and begin transferring their characters before the servers go down 
to ensure no unexpected obstacles preventing them from doing so later. And after February 21st, players will still be able to see characters in the Season of Mastery Realms on their login screens, but will be unable to enter the world. That's so strange. It's like, remember your dead character? It's so weird. During this time, players can still use the free character transfers as long as they have taken the appropriate steps beforehand. Blizzard said that it will preserve such characters for at least three months, after which any who have not been transferred will be permanently deleted. So that's cool. At least they're giving you like that constant reminder. Hey, don't forget to move this poor sap before they get zapped. <laughs> so that's good to know. So many think that this is actually good that Blizzard is being transparent with its plans for the classic Season of Mastery Realms because the nature of these Season of Mastery Realms were only ever planned to exist just for like a limited time. And World of Warcraft players who don't want to lose their characters that they have played over the last year, it's really good for them to be able to have the opportunity to get them out and make new homes. And that being said, a lot of the WoW Classic players are still wondering if a second season of Mastery announcements will be made, and many that have enjoyed the Reset Realms would love to participate in a second round of World of Warcraft Classic experience. However, World of Warcraft has not yet officially confirmed it will be running a second season of Mastery. This could either mean that Blizzard is currently still deciding if it wants to run a second season of Mastery, or that plans are still in development. But either way, while players who want that another season of Mastery should be sure to make their voices heard, so that, you know, while they wait for Blizzard to make up their mind. I think that that's always a cool thing to have. I know I, I also play Ark Survival Evolved, and we have Extinction servers over there, because half um there's a part of the player base that loves that ground level building from scratch um tipping the table over and starting new and we have that in arc on the extinction servers where you can just they pull the plug they do a server wipe and then the, everybody starts over again and it's like a rinse and repeat and i find that even in wow that definitely has its place to be able to do the build up, do the grind, do the thing, and then flip the world up, upside down and start over again. I think it's, it definitely has its place. Now we have some hot fixes for Warcraft Classic Wrath of the Lich King Classic. Um, classes Paladin, they fixed an issue with the Vindication Talents affecting stacking inappropriately with other similar effects. For Warlocks, they fixed an issue with Curse of Weakness stacking inappropriately with other similar effects. February 16th, these uh, were posted. The changes for Dungeons and Raids, Alduar fixed an issue causing vehicles in Alduar to sometimes spin indefinitely. <laughs> For items and rewards, the following items have received adjustments to their bonuses to be in line with other Alduar item buffs. Comet's Trail, Dark Matter, Meteorite Crystal, Sigil of the Vengeful Heart. For classes of Death Knight, they adjusted the Summon Gargoyle so that it now summons at the Death Knight's own location. Developer notes this intended to prevent various misbehaviors by the Gargoyle, such as it's becoming stuck in melee combat against enemies with very large hitboxes.
right, it is the birdhouse time where I go to Twitter and I share tweets that are being tweeted that are being tweeted by Warcraft players and employees. So ABK at a better ABK had actually tweeted out the Video Games Chronicles article that goes further in depth on the Activision Blizzard employees being forced to return to the office soon. And I wanted to highlight a good dialogue that was going on on Twitter by Meta Beth Finite Games, uh, Infinite Games at Professor Anne, Professor Zan. And they had replied saying, so the employees who kept the company going during the pandemic spent their own money to upgrade their home systems, successfully integrated work and family life, probably put in way more overtime than was being tracked, are actually being forced back to the office so someone can watch them work. And a better ABK um, replied, not only that, we've had, we have work to bring record-breaking successful launches during remote work. We have the tools to keep our most vulnerable employees safe health-wise, to not use these tools and consider the situations of all of the employees would be an incredible disservice. And Metabeth replied, and I'm not going to lie, Metabeth has a point here, and it gives employees relief from what has been a toxic workplace for many. They enjoy a better quality of life and are therefore happier, more productive, and more creative. No stressful commutes. They have some money, if they save money on transportation, which also helps the environment. It's a win-win, and I have to agree. People are a lot more productive when they're not being sexually harassed, threatened, talked down to, told that, you know, the stacking stuff, right? Oh, sorry, you're really good at your job, but I'm not allowed to give you a raise because I actually have to... Um, reprimand you because it's the stacking promotion stuff this this weird stacking stuff we have going on the next tweet is by Morgan K at Artemis Howell who is actually a senior test analyst on World of Warcraft classic and and she had to say that in reply to another tweet it was regarding the Mike Ibarra saying that quality analyst and customer services aren't long-term disciplines and um, the person Dan Hearn 96 said absolute nonsense this coming from the man forcing return to office and the one who also endorses a stacked ranking system at Blizzard how is this person even a company president and Morgan had quote retweeted them saying our test analyst program has evolved and morphed into something that is meant to be long term we're embedded with specializations we should be something that other companies can learn from. This verbiage only sets back quality analysts. Why is he constantly sabotaging this role? And then she goes on to say, we'll gladly have a dialogue and present our work on request. But I'm skeptical he would even want to talk to us, quote, short-term college grad kids. I have a smaller team to work with classic specifically that they work on classes specifically, but I know if I lost any of these people tomorrow or something, we'd be scrambling to cover the insane amount of knowledge that they have encompassed over even a year of working here. And then she adds, I promise our game team Q&A is wonderful and great to work with. So 
you know, there's a lot of dialogue going on right now. If you want to catch up on stuff that's going on, um, Dan is a QA and analysis at Mediatonic working on Fall Guys. So they know exactly what this whole down talk this punching down on the Q&A and customer service jobs at Blizzard that Mike Ybarra is apparently part of is doing uh, across the board. And Michael at Beluar Gaming was chiming in because Blizzard is tweeting or is, is trending on Twitter. And Michael had to say Blizzard slashes bonuses by 58%. What the F? I mean, after reading their earnings report, this can only be cost cutting to boost earnings per share. Blizzard in particular has a bad, ha, Blizzard in particular had a record quarter. And that's what's catching everyone so off guard. Like they had such a record quarter. And then they're turning around and wanting to slash everybody's bonuses, force them back into work, force people out of their whole living arrangement by April. And among other things, it's just mind boggling. We have some more mic drop moments, mic drop tweets coming in from B Doodles saying, Hey, Blizzard leadership. And they're quoting the article by Dexerto that also covered all this nonsense coming out of Blizzard and how they're treating their employees and said, Hey, Blizzard leadership. Tell me how you're leading responsibly, how every voice matters. How is this playing nice or fair? How is this thinking globally? If you learn nothing nor groan, that's five out of eight. Said it before and I'll say it again. Your core values mean nothing if you don't act on them. And that's been like a big sour place for people when you have to log into Warcraft, but you sign the social contract and they hold you to behaviors that they themselves certain employees there had could not handle themselves so it always made people go really really <laughs> but i mean this tweet right here ha definitely um hammers that sentiment home like if you're not going to follow your core values uh that you that you praise yourself on then what are you doing lip service and here's a tweet that didn't age very well by mike yabarro <laughs> at quick on twitter on February 8th, he had tweeted out a celebration tweet. Few game companies make it 32 years in the industry. It's a reflection of the growth mindset everyone at Blizzard Entertainment has. Our commitment to listen to players and the work teams do to strive to exceed expectations. Congratulations on 32 years. Happy anniversary, Blizzard Entertainment. Now let me cut your earnings by your bonuses by 58%. <laughs> I like that's the beauty of the internet. Things live forever, right? We can go back and go, hmm. Yeah, interesting. Words, actions, words, actions. Not lining up, honey. No, not even a little. And now for some more positive ones. Um, we'll, we'll switch it up because at the end of the day, um, Azeroth is a beautiful place to explore. And a tweet by Groxy at that underscore kind underscore of orc said, The Dragon Isles are one of the best and most beautiful places Blizzard has ever made. Relax, vibe out, and enjoy. And Erica at K-A-L-A-E-N-A, -A -A -E Kalena, said, I'm coming up on 17 years 
and quality analyst, and eight of those years were at Blizzard, I can say confidently that QA jobs are a central part to any game team. If you're interested in a career in Q&A, I would be happy to answer your questions about it. We have a tweet from Sigfig that said, Sincere open question. Where would you go if you were totally, completely broken down and needed to psychologically recover? Where is your final escape? And then Andreas on Twitter at Sankari replied, I've already been there. And the answer was playing vanilla World of Warcraft religiously for nine months. <laughs> I know a lot of us could relate to that. I'm bored. You want to go for a drive? Sure. You know where I'd like to go? Where? I'd like to go cruise some forums. Hmm. Sure. Okay, we're gonna try this again. I actually just recorded this entire segment and then all of a sudden my recording app said, I did not, no, I did not get it. <laughs> so now I have to do it all over again. So anyways, whatever, I can do it all over again. <laughs> Here we are all over again. So what we're doing with the cruising the forums is going to head to the Reddit wow noob forum and there's a post titled kicked out of a dungeon because I didn't have an offhand and this is by I found some old photos and they said okay I'm a disc priest and I was booted today from a dungeon at the start someone asks me where is your offhand <laughs> I had leveled with the staff primarily and then I recently got a cool one-handed mace so I equipped that and I thought nothing of it well, I guess this is a major sin because another guy jumped on me and started deriding me about it and then I was booted. LOL. So I went to go improve myself since I had never seen an offhand weapon. I figured I could just go to the auction house and buy another one hander. I bought a dagger which was reasonably priced and nope says I can't do a weld. So Google tells me I need to learn how to do daggers. And the guy is an orgamore and I can't find him anywhere. And then I come to find out that weapon training isn't even a thing anymore. So what exactly am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to put in this offhand slot? I've searched and searched and nowhere does it say anything about what is good for priests to have here. Everything I see on the auction house says one hand, not offhand. I'm super confused and there isn't much guidance online where I can find this. Thanks. So then um, we have Mora Doodle said, welcome to the new player experience. Tadashi4 said, there's a slot specific called offhand it isn't a second weapon it's actually just an offhand but the real mystery is why boot a healer from a dungeon queue <laughs> so then shattered sun said i just came back to the game after quitting map the new player experience especially in dungeons is such a turnoff the community is way too hostile and then um found some old photos said yeah, this was only a normal weekly time walking dungeon. I could have easily healed it without the offhand as I as I had been doing it all the way up until that point. They booted me before we even had a chance to start. Definitely getting an offhand though from the auction house boosted my stats in a big way. 
And then Sarah Tan said, who on earth inspects people in weekly time-walking dungeons? People get weirder every minute. And then so Green said, my thoughts exactly. Someone could probably heal those things without any gear at all. And then Vlee said, weapon slots, including offhand, have a huge stat budget compared to other items. And then uh, Beautiful Fury... Beautiful Fury said, I got kicked from Wrath of the Lich King because we wiped twice on the same boss because I was getting hit with constricting chains. The guy told me to use my bubble. I'm a holy pally. Everything is on six to seven cooldown. Even my hand of freedom didn't help. You get hit with chains in your line of sight. Tank's job is to make sure the boss is facing away. WoW has some of the most toxic players out there. And then Frankel said, well, Blizzard put it in the auction house under armor, and then they hid it into miscellaneous, and then they hid it in held in offhand. When you loot for items, it will be labeled held in offhand. And then I'm all out of bubblegum said, you need an offhand item, not a dagger. You were given up a crap load of stats. Offhand items are labeled like that and where it says offhand. Then they shared the wow head link for scripture of primal devotion found some old photos says okay so that's what i'm getting at offhand can be what anything i've never seen these and can't find them anywhere on the auction house do you know what category nothing found in the entire weapon section just don't understand how i leveled to 60 and never came across one and then i'm all out of bubblegum says it's in armor under miscellaneous and then found some photos who said, ah, thanks, got it. So if you're a new player and you are running into this problem, I hope this Reddit thread has helped answer some questions. Our next forum post comes from the Reddit Wow Noob, and it's titled Artisan Metal. I have 1500 plus Artisan Metal, and I have never used it. What is this stuff? And then I'm all out of bubblegum says, for profession tools. And then King Ash Ketchum says, explain please. I'm all out of tools said, to make the purple versions, it requires Artisan Metal. And then King Ash asks, how do I make profession tools? For example, if I wanted a better mining pick or something. Also, what would be the benefits? I'm all out of bubblegum says you put it in an order. Someone else makes it just more profession stats. <laughs> I'm all out of bubblegum. You're also all out of details, apparently, <laughs> because you're very limited in your, your explanations. Lurker Larry, though, saves the day and says, you get it from either crafting stuff or gathering or in herbs. To an herbalist or a miner, it's pretty useless, but it can be used by other crafters to make stuff. So, for example, if you want a specialized pickaxe, you can submit a work order through the crafting order system in Veldraken to have it crafted by another player and supply them with the metal yourself. And then Mac Lagolin said, it can be used to purchase profession specialization points from Artisan's Consortium. There's three one-time only items that can be purchased at different reputation levels. 
And now we're going to hide and hide. We're going to head over to a new Warcraft forum option. And that means I went to Facebook and I made a Harena Facebook account and I made a page for Casually Casual Cast on Facebook. So if Facebook is your jam, you can find me over there. And then I joined a bunch of Facebook groups because I was unaware of how rich the Warcraft community is over on Facebook. It's like the stepchild of social media over there. And I think because it can be a little extra grumpy. I mean, you would think Reddit would be or maybe even Tumblr. I did make a Tumblr too. I'm over there and so is the show. So I'm also on uh, Instagram under Cozy Herena if you need to find me. And uh, but Facebook has a lot of rich Warcraft community and content. But what you're going to run into is people getting like mad at their Aunt Martha for like posting something they didn't like. So then they'll like talk extra grumpy. I feel like there's a lot of misdirection that goes on on Facebook because you're like all on one app with people you went to high school with, people you live down the street from, people you work with. Like there's everybody in your real world and then you jump over and talk to people that play in a pixel world and I just feel like there's a little extra grumpiness. So you'll be warned there will be some of those weird posts but for the most part, I think it's actually a very in-depth conversations happen over there because people are also on Facebook. They're, they are also, they're used to being in one app. I think it's cool to have everything in all one place if you're that type of a person. So head to the WoW Solo Haven if you do Facebook, which can kind of be the poison of, um, I hate Facebook, but I like it for this purpose. So Tom posted, I love Dragonflight as an expansion, but with that said, I'm really burnt out. How do you people deal with burnout? I've been playing other single player focus games. So Justin said, play other games like Elden Ring, force myself to work out after I play X amount of hours, do other content like transmogs and mounts. I give myself a craft project. Jason said, I leave for a few weeks. This helps a lot. Denise said, I put it down and do another hobby for a while. Daryl said, I only play a couple hours a day. I work so, so much, not so much of an issue. I play other games. I watch movies. I level alts. Dustin said, I play other games. I've been loving Overwatch. There's a few survival games I like to play too. I just checked out Path of Exile and that's been a lot of fun so far. And Austin said, normally I just make a level one and I level it a bit or I'll play a different game like DayZ or World of Tanks. And Brad said, for me, burnout happens when I force myself to do things I don't enjoy, sometimes in the hope that pushing through will spark interest again. That never seemed to work for me. So now when I'm not enjoying a thing, I'll just stop. Try, not trying simplifies it for me. No more layers of thinking about it, wondering why I'm not having fun, etc. I now label my approach as what would a cat or a dog do? They play ball with they play ball when it's fun. They sleep when they feel like doing it. That that instead. And when that ball looks interesting again, they'll pick it up. <laughs> there you go. That's a good way to look at it. Steven said, I think you're pretty much doing the best possible thing. If you still want to play well, but find some find the norm boring, I'd say challenge yourself by doing something else. If you've never done the raid on normal, try plugging it in a PF. Or if you did some hardcore keys, try doing something more casual like transmog farming, things along those lines. And 
Anthony said, I burned myself out leveling two Drakthir to 70 and doing stuff I wanted. So now I'm revisiting old expansions I haven't seen since their inception, like TBC, etc. And leveling allied races for heritage gear. I'm surprised how insanely easy 10 to 50 is now. And I want to say, like, that's what I've been doing. In my adventure time, I'll talk more about that. But it's definitely the key for me is to not burn out, is to definitely diversify. Diversify what I play. Diversify my sitting time versus my standing time. Diversify um, where I'm spending myself in the game. Making sure I'm not on the same character all the time doing the same goals. That's why I really don't have too many high-level alts because I get burnt out if I, because I also love playing hunters. So every hunter I make is named Terena. I'm easy to drag down because that's my hunter name. And then I veer off into different names. So I like to live different lives on my characters. So that's how I keep myself from being burnt out too. And then don't put expectations on yourself. And plus I think there's such a huge difference in Warcraft players who are on social media like Twitter and then Warcraft players who don't step foot in forums, don't step foot in social media. They just log in and play their game and log out. I think the expectations of what everybody else is posting tends to really form our expectations of ourselves. If I put my expectations on myself that I see right now on Twitter, it would be like raid this, mythic this, keys this. I've literally never stepped foot in any of those things. I refuse to. I find no joy. I don't, I don't, never done a mythic. I don't want to. It doesn't sound fun to me. What I always do is I see people doing this stuff and then they get mad that this vault didn't give them what they wanted. Why would I do that? Why would I eat at a restaurant that serves crappy food? I'm not going to. So until these things in the game is more appealing, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. You can do it. That's great. I'm not going to do it. And then literally, keys this, keys that. I can't get into this key. There's a gear lock on this. I'm getting kicked out all the time. I'm like, why? Why would I want to do something that people are just lamenting over? It sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> so I game to have fun. My identity is not attached to what I do in game. Therefore, that is why I do a show called Casually Casual. Because it... Being a casual player doesn't mean that you have to just not care. You just are more choosy about how you spend your time. And you're more of a casual mindset about that. Like you're not going to be hardcore. You're not going to lose sleep at night because you didn't do your best at this or that. That's not casual, right? I'm thinking about more like you can be a casual raider and you can be a really damn good raider, but also do it with a casual mindset, knowing that when you un when you log out, you don't feel bad about yourself. I think casual is more of a mindset. I don't have a hardcore mindset. If I don't do poor, if I do poorly in my pixel world, I don't carry that into my real life. I don't. And I think that's where I lean more into the casual mindset. I play to have fun and to enjoyment and to have adventures and to make friends and to laugh and make these memories that can never have a monetary value put to them because it's just so much fun. That's my goal as a gamer. So that's what I do. 
I'm hardcore about having fun. So that's, I should add that to my catch line, shouldn't I? <laughs> so I think that it can get a bad rap when people put these expectations on themselves. So I really like when people post stuff like Tom as being like, hey, and picking the minds of others, like how do you approach the situation? And I think it's always helpful. So Stephanie wraps it up and says, I feel this. I think I burnt myself out a bit with Valor Farming this week. I picked a book back up that I had left on the back burner halfway through and I watched Picard season two. And that's the way to do it. Switch it up. So I love this. Let's move on. All right, this comes from WoW Solo Players Haven 2. It's a post by Ben. And they said, grouped with two friends to run time walking, remembered the crown chemical, figured we'd knock that out real quick. One of my friends said, what's that? He hasn't been playing that long and just didn't know. He's the one that got the mount. First try ever. <laughs> that seems to be what's going on a lot. Right now I'm seeing people on Twitter like running it. One, one title one person tracked their attempts to 1,785 runs. That's what they said. They had 1,785 tries in and they got it on the 1,786th try. And then, so I see people who have legitimately done it on every single one of their alts every day, religiously every day, to equal thousands of attempts to get it then, or I'm seeing people who literally just log in, first run ever, getting it then. I'm somewhere in the middle where I haven't gotten it at all, but also I haven't put in thousands of tries. I've done it leg leg legitimately at least twice a day, that's it. Cause I don't care. I'm like, I'm not gonna give it any of my energy because people are having mental breakdowns on social media, mental breakdowns and not getting this freaking out. And I'm like, once again, why am I going to make myself miserable if the goal of gaming is to make myself have fun? So you do the math. I don't know. <laughs> so, but then legitimately they were overjoyed and ecstatic when they actually did get it to drop. It just took a long time. So congratulations if you got the, I'm always going to call it the love rocket. I don't care. They called it like the X9247 whatever. <laughs> they put a long goblin name to it. I'm like, nope, it will forever be the love rocket whether or not Blizzard likes it or not. So yay, how exciting. Congratulations if you got the love rocket. And if you haven't yet, we still have time. All right, and this post is from the WoW Solar Players Haven, and it is by Alex. And they said, guys, I am so embarrassed. I used to play this game when I was little, but only just recently learned it. I haven't done much dungeons, and when I do, I'm always alone. Well, I made a friend, and we were running the time walking stuff. One of our tanks had a great attitude, but was definitely new to his role. Parentheses, not that I minded. I said encouraging words in the instance chat, and then my buddy made a comment in party chat. I responded back with, yeah, he's a noob, nothing really bad, but my buddy just told me, everyone can read party chat. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Alex says in all caps. <laughs> I looked like a fool. Let me go hide for months. I was having chats with my friend like no one else could see. 
<laughs> That's what you get. <laughs> Don't be talking smack because it can come back. <laughs> so, um, oh my goodness. Oh, even nice replied. Same. I played from 14 up to college graduation on a BM doing fun stuff. Now I learn dungeons and raids, in quotes. I find myself trying to play meta, making a bunch of tunes, still haven't decided on a main, and we're in three months, and I'm only 380 on four tunes. So they said, I have no idea what, what the heck my main is going to be, and Alex said, I just play my mage a lot. It's comforting. At least I know what I'm doing on it, which you know, not a lot of people can say. So Lisa Lulu said, unless I'm mistaken, which I very well white might be, con could be considering, I barely use either. Slash P is for the physical party you've grouped with. And slash I is for the instanced queued dungeon scenario. And then Sarah said, honestly, I thought it depended. If you were in a party with someone before you queued for time walking, it wouldn't show party in the OG party members and instance chat and everyone in the dungeon. Shows how much I know. <laughs> so yeah, I think it does blend the two chats. Uh, George said, if you were in a group finder group, then they couldn't see your slash P chat. If you're in a mythic plus, then they definitely could. <laughs> so yeah, so there we go. There's a lot of uh, back and forth. Dawn said, you were fine, Alex. If you and a friend were grouped and queued, only you and your friend could see your party chat. I have to remind a friend of mine all the time, you were in party chat. The tank, tank can't see that. So let's hope. Oh, Kim says, party chat includes the entire party. Only whispers the chat will be pink or private. So yeah so there you go definitely you might want to check that out but it seems like the group is kind of torn that can you be seen or can you not be seen cody says you have instant chat for the random queue which is in the orange but if you're in a group outside of that aka your party that chat light blue is private to the party and not to the instant group Hmm, so it's definitely divided. Some people are saying no. If you, once you blend in, everybody can see it. So, yeah, this Kimberly Dash Steven said, if you're in dungeons, then you are in a party with other people. So, unfortunately, they definitely can see your party chat. You should have whispered with your friend. So, that seems to be split. I lean into the fact that once you blend in, everybody can see it because everybody's in the party. That's definitely been my experience. So, yep, there we go. Th they're still going on. There's a con, <laughs> there's definitely um, a line there because some people are swearing that slash P is the chat for people you queued with, slash I is for the instance group. But other people are like, no, once you join into that dungeon, you're all in one party. And that that is what I'm leaning into. Like, it takes your old party unless... If you didn't have a full party, if you went into the dungeon with a full party, then, yeah, there are people you know and you queued up together. But if you're in there with two people, I, I feel like they can still read it. Let me know. Let me know. Because this group post right here, everybody's confused what can actually be seen and what can actually not be seen. Like Nat, Nat even said, 
in dungeons the party becomes a party of five but by privacy that's been my experience i think that's the truth i think when you go from like you and your buddy in a party and then now all of a sudden you're in a bigger party right because there's no different lines of party there there's not like party one and party two it literally shows you're in a party so yeah i think it's gonna you definitely need to slash w for your private communications <laughs> All right, and to wrap up our cruising the forums, I wanted to share some uh, cool tips that came out from the WoW Solo Players Haven Facebook group. Well, the first one's by Steve, and they said some just some fun facts for shits and giggles. At level 20, you can ride the boat to Dragon Isles, you can do the Dragon Keep weekly and the Great Hunt weekly, and just hoard the chest for future. You can Dragon Ride with just the initial three bar skills, you can tag Cobalt mobs, but I don't advise it because at 20, you're a magnet of death. You cannot take the portal home. You must use the boat back to Stormwind. Everything else is locked to 58. Yes, I was bored and testing stuff. And I think that's absolutely hilarious because being out of the WoW Solar's Player's Haven, it is so true because that's what us solar players do. We do some of the craziest stuff just to see if we can. Just to see what lines we can cross. <laughs> I love that. That's so funny. And then I also wanted to share from Mike from Wild Solar Solo Players Haven. Said, "Go to Veldraken's Barber Shop and turn right. And when you come in, there are five pictures on the wall. Look at the top picture. Pay attention to the eyes of this woman and move to the left and then to the right because her eyes will follow you." So I wanted to share that because I am a player who loves to find all these little interesting stuff that's in the game. So that is so cool, and I wanted to share it with you. And the last tip I wanted to share actually came off from Twitter. It was from Nikki Gazelle Crenshaw at G-A-I-A-Z-E-L-L, Gaiazelle. And they just wanted to share their Twitter thread about all of the quality of life stuff that they have added into the game. She's titled her thread, Tutorial Dragon Riding recently got some new accessibility updates but you might also not be aware of some of the features that the team had already had in place since Dragonflight launched that might help you so with some additional tips and all the news and old options you can check out Nikki's thread she goes through itemizing everything and putting pictures to show you all of the different accessibility controls that they added into the game. She put her some before and after pictures and you can access it by going into your options menu and then going down to accessibility and then they have all these different things you can toggle on and off. And her first one that she was started with was um, addressing the photo sensitivity mode. It modifies certain effects such as the screen fading to white or bright spells to help reduce photosensitivity issues. So I think that's really awesome when games do try to give their players some stuff to mold the game around the player instead of trying to force the player to, into the way the game is. So there's a lot of different things you can tweak to hopefully make your game play a more smooth and enjoyable experience. So I put the link to her thread in the show notes. What, what, what's that over there? Oh, it looks like a, a side quest. Oh, I love side quests. 
They always get me off on some goose chase. I love them too. They're so much fun and not productive whatsoever. That sounds fantastic. Let's go check it out. Alright, time for a side quest. I tweeted out this week, if you have already won the holiday mount, should you be able to gift the holiday mount to another member of the holiday dungeon party if they don't have the holiday mount yet? Because there are a lot of times where you're in your holiday dungeon and everybody gets their little loot bag at the end of the dungeon and the person who wins the mount is the person who already has the mount. And they literally have to take it out of their bag and destroy it. I've heard of this happening. I've seen it happen with the Headless Horseman mount and the Love Rocket, you know. So I just wanted to kind of see what people thought. And 71.4% said, yes, please. 14% said, no way, and 14% said, don't care, 14.3% actually. So I think that that would be a great thing to do. Uh, what, why, why, if you're going to get, it's gifting it out anyways, one person in that dungeon was meant to get the mount, or hey, I know, don't make people run the dungeon if they already got the mount don't give it to them like have a way not to re be re-gifting the same freaking mount to the person who already has it i mean it's just weird so yeah i definitely think you should be able to gift it to someone in your party that would have gotten it um had the rng god actually did its job you know so i see nothing wrong with it and i had done a previous one a previous side quest poll off from Warcraft Casual on Twitter earlier when I intended to do an episode and I just didn't because I decided to just veg out and play. So I know I'm bad, but <laughs> I'm here recording now and it's probably going to be a very lengthy meaty show. So it is what it is, right? So um, I tweeted out, what are your thoughts so far in the professions in Dragonflight? And the choices were love the changes hate the changes. I don't care. Seems complicated. So 13.6% said love the changes. 4.5% said hate the changes. 4.5% said I don't care. And 77.3% agreed with me and said seems complicated because I really have <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just crafting stuff. And then if I happen to have something that I can do, I'm just crafting it. I really am not invested at this point. I feel like I'm playing Dragonflight in layers. I feel like my first goal was to get to 70, did that. Second goal is to pick one faction and work on leveling that rep and then move on to another one, right? Like I'm doing mine in layers because I feel if I try to do it all at once, I'm going to feel very overwhelmed. And that's just not realistic for me. So I'm trying to just make things digestible the way I can do it. And I know everybody goes and plays a game to their best ability. So um, James at Down Bastard on Twitter said, can you love and hate them equally? And I was like, absolutely. I wish Twitter would let me have dual answers because I think you should. I think it's cool. And I do agree with James. I do love the fact that 
they made it more complicated because that it will be a game in itself once I decide to play that game. But until now, I'm just skinning the crap out of stuff and I'm making whatever I can make and then I'm just selling whatever I can make and then people can, you know, take them and buy them or not. You know, I'm just doing that what I can do right now and I'm not going to stress out about it. And I'm sure there's going to be some sort of a YouTube video that I could watch or whatever when I feel like learning more. But right now, I'm okay. I'm enjoying my time. Now it is Adventures in Azeroth time, my time in game. I'm going to try my best to encompass everything that I'm doing in game, but because I've taken such a break from posting my last episode, I've been doing so much, okay? So I actually did hit 70. I just alluded to that in the last, uh, the last segment. I got to my 70 and I got to figure out what the heck a freaking community fest was because I kept seeing everybody tweeting out, yes, chef, yes, chef, and either loving the community feast or hating the community feast. I finally decided to plop my Harena Hunter down on Proudmoor. I live, I play, I live on Proudmoor. I say, I play on Proudmoor and Moonguard right now the most on Alliance. I haven't touched my Horde tunes. I really should, but I just haven't yet. So I love my life right now. It is, it's so much fun. I have, so I hit 70. I've done zero dungeons, not one dungeon. I just hear too many horror stories. I literally, I just, too many horror stories for my taste. And I'm just waiting for a group of 70s for us all to be on the same page and want to go in together. And so if you're also not wanting to queue up random with some randos, just let me know by joining my Clutchmates, <laughs> Clutchmates Discord. It's the Discord for like casually casual cast and for um, kind Azerothians and for variety gamers, nice people, just people just come in and say hi. And it's small and it's growing. And I do have the Cross Realm cross-faction in-game community uh, called Clutchmates. So all you have to do is go track us down there. You can put as many tunes in as you want. I don't care. And we're always in there talking, you know, checking in with each other, stuff like that. So that's been a lot of fun. And I was going to make a list of the new people. The sucky part is when people join the community, I literally don't know that anybody joins. I just see a number go up, but I don't know who joined. It doesn't, it doesn't give you the notifications like it does on a guild. So the only way for me to know that you joined is to literally say hi to me or to, or to any of us out into the community chat or to just come and join the discord and say, Hey, I'm joined. And then I would totally know that you joined. So, but until then I want to make a list of all the new welcome people, but I didn't get that ready for this episode. So I'll do it in my next episode because I want to say thank you for everyone who has come and joined. It's been a lot of fun getting to know everybody and checking in and and stuff it's perfect i just i love the the community stuff better than trying to run a guild because running a guild is really hard and i just really wanted a group of people that we could all enjoy each other's company in azeroth and beyond so that has been fun and i'm enjoying uh being able to what i love about the community and being in a community like that is that you're not locked into one server 
Like if you're in a guild, you're in that guild, you're running that guild, you're part of the guild, and you're like locked into that server. And I love the options of also having different communities that cross realm and cross faction that you can still expand your circle and conversations and learning, giving each other tips, asking questions, grouping up. It's fun. So that has been a blast. I am really enjoying that dynamic of the game. And then my time inside the game, I, okay, so I'll just say what I've been doing. So I got my 70, I got uh, to the Tuscar region. I'm just going to focus on elevating my Tuscar rep right now and doing all the quests for the Tuscar zone and then doing as many community feasts as I can. I do love the fact that they increased it from the three hour every three hours to I believe every hour and a half. I didn't know how to find out when the when the actual feast was happening, so I decided I would just fish until it happened because you can fish right there. So I did that and I only had to fish for like ten minutes and then it happened. I was like, yes, I finally caught it, right? But then I saw on Twitter that there is a, an add-on called Weak Auras that has a community feast alert like built into the add-on but i don't you it, it i use curse forge for my add-on so it's not available in curse forge so if, i don't know what add-on manager offers it so i'll have to further dig on that but i'm hoping that blizzard would do their job and maybe put something to alert people more because i really don't feel like that is that whole thing that needs more of a, a guidance system it just seems too random it for my taste so i feel like there needs to be more does game design around the feast more communication on literally what's expected of you because it took me a couple times just to dive in and figure out like what the hell i'm supposed to be doing and what these little things flashing up and that you literally had to go buy the stuff from the vendors behind the feast to come like i just feel like there's a lot of information that is just not shared with you as a participant so i feel like they could have done a better job as a whole with like a tutorial um a walkthrough maybe a quest walking you through it because i didn't feel very in the know but i did it and i got better and better and i figured it out but it would have been nice to know what the hell i was doing beforehand <laughs> so um and then i made sure to go and get while i was over in the azure spam there's beautiful bears they're ice bears and i think they're adorable and amazing and they're new in dragonflight and there's the frost jaw i want to say frost jaw is the one that i got because it's the easiest one and it's blue a frosty blue and they have ice spikes coming off from them and it's uh, for level 60 to 70 in the Winter Pelt Hollow of the Azure Span. And it's absolutely gorgeous. But if you want a little more of a challenge, there's the Green Ice Bear. And it's called the Elusive Rhyme Claw Bear. And that is found in the Azure Span as well. But there's a lot more spawning. The bear is more complicated. And you have to have your skinning profession and have leveled Dragon Isle skinning to the point where you can select the bait crafting specialization. And then you have to spend at least 10 points in the knowledge bait. Like there's a whole huge 
paragraph on what you have to do in order to just tame this green bear. So I'm going to put the link to the bears in the show notes. They come in blue, dark, like a gray color. So it's like the bear's gray and the ice spikes are black, pretty sharp. I really love the green and I love the purple. There's a purple, there's a light blue, and then there's a gray with more of a lavender spikes. They're all stunning. And I'll put the link to that in the show notes and they're called ice bears. So I went and tamed an ice bear and I've just been enjoying my time in the Azure Span right now. And I've had a blast um, doing their cute, adorable quest lines. And uh, the little one I was telling my family about, it was with the little, um, shoot, it's going to like escape me because I'm really bad with names. It was like the two little Tuscar kids and they had found the little like fur bulg guy, can't think of his name little grumpy fur bowl guy and he was hiding in the bushes and they were like they found him and he's all like emaciated and he's starving and they're like oh look he's so cute he's starving he's hungry let's take him back to our house and feed him and then he's like mm, yummy tuscars are tasty and you're, i'm like this is so relatable have you ever in life saw somebody like needing help and you go help them and then they totally just pummel you and you're like why the hell do i even try to help you and i was like this is so relatable and then um I was like, I remember a story when I was in like third grade, there was this girl getting just beat up and bullied and made fun of and they would push her down, she'd get back up, they'd push her down. So I went over there because in my third grade, I was like, I took nobody's crap and I lived in a jean jacket and I had these pointy little boots um, that I apparently talked my parents into buying that I used as weapons. <laughs> And I remember just kicking the crap out of the bullies with those boots. They were like my bully kill kickers. And I walked over there and they were like, oh, she's here. <laughs> I'm like, that's right. That's right. Because I've always been for the underdog, right? So I go and I help her up. You know what she does? She turns around and punches me. And I'm like, why the hell did I even try to help you? Like, why do you help try to help someone who's being bullied? You go there to try to break it up or to be to, to help her, to put yourself in the line of danger and then only to have the, that person turn around and hit you and you're like Psh, I'll push your butt right back down okay commence commence the bullying whatever but I just remember that and it reminded me so much of real life was that that storyline like they're like oh it's so cute oh it's so adorable and then like you go and try to help it and it like is like mm, tasty and they're like well thankfully he's really weak right now and he can't hurt us <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just, it was so relatable and adorable and I've had a blast over in that zone. So then I wanted to not burn out because what we were talking about earlier, you know, you just don't want to burn out on stuff. So it's good to have diversity in your gaming. So I decided I wanted to try um, to see like what the RP community had because I've always wanted to revisit my RP experience in the game. I started out on Venture Company, which is a PvP RP server, and I just never have gotten to find a community like that ever again, and it was so much fun. So I went to the place where you would go. You're either going to go to the one that starts with a W, and I always jack it up. What is it? Whisperwind, maybe? Or something else. Anyways, it's the W. <laughs> One of the W servers. And then there's Moonguard. And Moonguard always has the bad rap for the inn that shall not be named. But it's so much more than just the inn, okay? The whole community 
and is very rich in, in RP and it's so cool. So what I did was I went and I made a level one hunter and obviously because it's a hunter, I had to name it Harena. And then I didn't, I was just going to snoop around. I didn't plan on like maybe playing with a Harena as my main. I was going to make like an RP character without my name on it, but that didn't work out very well because the minute I logged in, I was immediately yanked into RP where I just had like this, par this pirate person talking to me about being a pirate and you know, standing by a campfire and inviting me over to the campfire for like campfire stories. And it was just like instant boom. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. I've never had this before. But then I also forgot that I had downloaded the total RP three. I'm going to pause it and look to get the right name. Okay. The name of the add-on is called total RP three. So I was right. I just wanted to make sure. And Total RP3 in the description, you can find this on Curse Forge. It aims to be the best way to customize, describe, and drive your roleplay interactions. By combining the powerful customization features from Total RP2, the new features requested by their users are greatly improved user interface designed and with a usability in mind. With this add-on, you can fully customize all the information about your characters and companions, your pets, your battle pets, your mounts, you can tweak the names, the descriptions, and even attach an image to represent them. Their goal is to bring back the simplicity and user-friendliness of add-ons like My Roleplay, but without sacrificing your freedom when defining your roleplay characters and adding neat creative features that you will never want to live without anymore. Total RP3 can understand and exchange data with roleplay add-ons like My Roleplay and XRP, allowing you to consult profiles coming from these add-ons seamlessly. Total RP3 is also a fully modular add-on. You can choose exactly which features you want to use and which ones you don't want to be bothered by by a complex user interface if you don't want to. So in the, some of the main features that it offers is you can customize your characters and companions. So like you can go in and you have a profile for your character. You can put a first name and a last name and then whatever info you want to include. They even have little boxes you can check to kind of give them a vibe of like what your personality is. Are you like chaotic? Like, um, it was a chaotic good. Are you chaotic neutral? Are you chaotic? Whatever. Like they have that lists of stuff that you can just click and toggle on and off. So people can just kind of get a vibe of what your character is, your in-game character. So, um, you can also keep track of all characters and companions that you met with the directory. And so it keeps track of the other characters that you've interacted with. Uh, you can locate other Total RP3 users on the world map to see where people tend to gather. You can also decide to appear on the map or not, or even appear only if you are in character. How awesome is that, right? Uh, customizable target frame, allowing you to easily access useful interactions for your roleplay target. You can see other players' stories. You can It's so much fun. So I feel like this, I'm so used to playing like ARC with mods on my own private server and it just makes the game a more of a rich experience. And I think doing, adding like an RP aspect to my Warcraft game and having different worlds to visit has really added a layer of richness to it. I'm so excited about it. So I've been just trying to like not get crazy with, um, 
my backstory right now. I just kind of wanted to start out like she was a daughter of a trading company, like her mom, her parents own a ship. They do a lot of trading in Azeroth and, and beyond. And they, she just got tired of always living at sea. She wanted to settle down and see what living inland was like. So she went to live with her aunt and uncle who um, are trained, like they teach people how to do leather working in Sturman City. So she lives in Sturman City at the leather place and that's her aunt and uncle and that's where she's at and she's learning the trade herself and so that's just kind of like where I'm at. So I'm hanging out a lot in Elwyn Forest. I'm cultivating my profession. I'm exploring. I'm getting to know the townspeople. It's been a lot of fun. So I just hit level 20. Um, she has been asked to go to um, Pandaria to explore. Her parents got a hold of her aunt uncle and wanted her to go check out Pandaria because they haven't done business out there yet and they want to expand so they want her to go out there and kind of survey the land and see if it's something um kind of ask the people around if they would be interested in doing trading with her family's business so I'm she's kind of trapped in between going to Mr. Pandaria and then also um getting her ground in Stormwind City. And it's been a lot of fun. So I definitely am looking forward to that. And then I got back into WoW Classic because I logged out. Once I hit 70, I felt like I burned the crap of myself out on WoW Classic just in time for Dragonflight to come. But now I want to catch up because they're starting to raid more in the Lion's Pride Tavern and I've never done raiding but these group of people are nice and kind and funny and laid back and my definitely the, the wiring that I am. So I look forward to being a scrub and having them embrace my scrubness because they're nice, awesome people. So they play on the Pagel server on Classic. So I'm going over there now and I totally unlearned my, <laughs> my um, engineering profession and my leatherworking profession, not leatherworking, my engineering and my mining because I, I've talked about this in previous episodes. I don't know what I was smoking when I took those two. And everybody's like, oh, you probably took them because they're actually really good and we're at the Lich King and they're really good for PvP and they're really good for this. I don't know what I was thinking. It's the most boring, hard, tasteless thing. And now every time I kill a wolf, I just want to skin it and I can't. And I said, you know what? I'm done. And I unlearned everything. And then I'm going back and I'm re leveling my I picked leather working and skinning again because I just it just goes so well with the hunter I'm killing all the things I might as well skin it okay so I have to re-level my professions and as I work my way to level 80 now so that's my life over there okay so oh yeah so now back to my notes while I was playing my Horena, my RP Horena on Moonguard, I got a new pet and I did not know this was a thing. It's a battle pet and I just wanted to share it with you guys to let you know that if you, it happened, like I went to the crazy cat lady in Elwyn Forest and I bought two cats from her and then all of a sudden it popped up that I also won the Celestial Dragon Pet. And you actually get this battle pet. Um, it's a base quality rare. It's not cageable. It's a neutral faction. It's an air 
um, and it flies along you even if you're flying. The animation is it jumps up, it shakes its head in a roaring fashion. It is called the Celestial Dragon. It's so adorable. And um, it does vocalizations if you click it and it zips around in a star formation and it came out in cataclysm and it's rewarded via the mail i didn't get it in the mail so that has changed i actually had it appear on my page because it's been updated but it says to complete this achievement um you your character completes the littlest pet shop achievement to complete this achievement your character must possess at least 150 unique vanity pets upon learning your 150th pet you'll immediately receive this pet in your mailbox sent by dalaran's vendor briani no the celestial dragon only has an idle animation while on the ground when it is flying alongside players on other flying mounts it will not use its special animation but i put the link in the show notes so that is definitely a thing if you have not gotten it yet just collect your 150 vanity pets and you will unlock this adorable awesome celestial serpent dragon mount or dragon mount dragon pet <laughs> so and then i will finish off my adventures by sharing um, some possible adventures for you is this Icy Veins article called What to Do as a Fresh Level 70 in Dragon Flight. And I just wanted to include this in my adventure section because, one, I need it because I get so sidetracked playing games, especially like this. I have all these desires and plans and all this stuff and I really want to tackle it and then I get totally lost and discombobulated and I end up doing nothing. So they have a nice table of contents um, to help you complete your Dragonflight campaign, collecting your dragon riding glyphs. Like I said, there's a cool add-on for that. Leveling up your professions. It literally puts everything in guides. How to complete your weekly professions, how to receive your sparks of ingenuity, how to get ready for raiding, completing world quests, increasing your renown. So if you have a hard time trying to figure out what to do next in game, how to tackle certain aspects of the game that might be new to you or you might be a little rusty at, I thought this was the best thing ever. It covers both PvE and PvP and like solo stuff. I just think it's, it's perfect. So I put that in the show notes. Such a big help. All right, first item on the trade chat is, do you want to be more active in your roleplay Warcraft life and you want to check out Moonguard and you don't know where to start? Well, I found a really cool forum post that I wanted to share that has three different discords in it that you can join the Moon Guard Roleplayers Discord server. There's a join the Grand Alliance Discord server and join the Horde Vanguard Discord server, all for Moon Guard. If you want to check out the whole roleplay world, there's different servers for different stuff. And inside of those servers, people list their other servers for different events, different in-game stuff that they're hosting. Like later, um, I saw a post earlier today that they you can go in and put in your event subscription so you can let people know certain days and times that you're going to be with your group at this place and everybody else can just show up there they were holding a party today i think it was in dalarian and it was the love is love party and everybody was going to go there and 
have fun and party it out because it's cross-faction. Everybody can go there. So there's a lot of stuff like that. So I wanted to include these discords in there for everybody to check out if it sounds like something you're interested in. It definitely seems really thriving and that made me excited. And if you're looking for what to do in game regarding PvP, you're in luck because this week the, PV the PvP brawl is Classic Ash Ran. Classic Ash Ran is an open-ended tug-of-war battle ground with special events around the zone, including quests and events, and this runs from February 14th to the 21st. And then next week we're going to have Warfare, they put more PvP in our PvP and packed house. There's nowhere to hide as you face not two, not three, not five, but 15 adversaries in this 15 versus 15 arena battle. And that starts February 21st and runs to the 28th. And as for those who love Outland Time Walking Dungeons, right now Illidan is waiting. You can head to Outland to face Illidan and his cohorts once more in the Black Temple. And that is taking place this week. The Black Temple Raid is available throughout the Burning Crusade Time Walking event. The difficulty is set to normal, and like any normal level raid, it will not be available through Raid Finder. To take on this challenge, you'll need to get your guild or a group of friends together and head to Group Finder pre-made groups. The raid scales for your group size between 10 and 30 players, and your level and gear will be scaled back to match the raid's challenges. While this event is active, players level 71 or higher may access a special Time Walking Dungeon Finder queue, which scales players and their items down to revisit past dungeons from the Burning Crusade expansion. In addition, starting in patch 7.2.5, Players may also enter the time walking difficulty of the Black Temple Raid instance, while time walking bosses will yield loot appropriate for a player's natural level. There are six time walking dungeons you can run, which have detailed strategy guides, and I wanted to include each one of these. For those of you who may be new at time walking dungeon experience, you can check out all the different ones that they have available to make sure you understand the strategy to kind of cut back on any anxiety you might have about diving into this. And they have a strategy guide I listed in here. Um, I believe it was on Icy Veins. No, on Wowhead. This one came from Wowhead. They have the Black Morass strategy guide, Manitoum, Shattered Halls, Slave Pens, Magister's Terrace, and also one for Black Temple. So that is very handy. Upcoming events are the Dark Moon Fair and the North. And the Dark Moon Fair actually starts on the 5th of March and will run till the 11th of March and then the next time walking dungeon event starts on the 7th of March and that will go to the 14th of March and love is in the air is still going on and it will continue to go on until February 20th so don't forget if you haven't got to go and participate you can find all the vendors and org on the horde side and Sturman on alliance and the currency is the lovely love tokens. All right, that has wrapped up a pretty meaty episode 18 of Casually Casual Cast. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. You can have your thoughts, your tips, your recruitment needs, your opinions, stories, adventures shared on the show too. 
tweet the show at Warcraft Casual. You can follow me on Twitter at Harena, H-A-R-A-I-N-N-A. You can email the show at casuallycasualcast at gmail.com. You can find past episodes, the show notes for Casual Casual Cast, the rest of the podcast I host at CozyPodcastNetwork.com. You can join me on the Clutch Mates Discord and also the in-game Clutch Mates group by heading to clutchmates.card.co and you can also get there easily on Twitter at wowclutchmates and you can find it at casuallycasualcast.wordpress.com and you can even, I think, link up. I put it on cozypodcastnetwork.com so that's your one-stop shop for how to find everything. It really is cozypodcastnetwork.com And if you want to help support the show, leave a review wherever you can. It is greatly appreciated. And the last remaining way you can get a hold of the show and participate if you want to do it by voice is Casually Casual Cast Hotline 616-275-2759. Leave a voicemail, keep it safe for work, and I will throw it into the show. Just a heads up, I am forming a Casually Casual Cast a casually casual Warcraft book club. I haven't entirely decided how I wanted to do it yet. I wanted it to be casual. I wanted us to have very me- like a lot of ways that we can participate in a book discussion together. And I think the first book I want to do is Rise of the Horde. I haven't, I started it and I didn't get to finish it. You can do it on audio, you can read it, whatever. And I think that like, let me know how you think the best way to do this is because this is what I was thinking. I was thinking was I got some feedback on Twitter. People um, were like, I love the idea. I would love to listen to a book discussion about it, but not broken up into chapters. Like if you're going to do the book discussion, let's all read the book and then have a deadline and then send in your feedback, whether it be through email, whether it be through discord, like making a post whether tweeting or calling in and having your talk. And then if anybody felt comfortable, we could actually record like a discussion and then put it in the show. I haven't decided yet. So let me know. I think it's something I also posted on Twitter about it. And I'm like, this is totally going to be organic and it's going to grow into something on its own. And I that's the beauty about it being casual. But one thing I think I want to do is make it available to all the types of people that would like to participate at their comfort level. If you, so that's why I thought like you can email in your thoughts, you can tweet me your thoughts, you can DM me your thoughts, you can leave a voicemail and um, through the hotline at, two, at 616-275-2759. Um, and you can also possibly we can have like a recorded discussion about it and I can just put that in. So I think all that's going to depend on who wants to participate in it, participate in it. So I do have a channel in my Clutchmates Discord so that um, we can have a discussion on that. Other than that, I'm just going to go forward and I'll set a time period and be like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to read this book. If you want to participate, this is what you'll do. And I think that's what we'll do. But I am excited to hear some feedback. So please don't be shy. Let me have your feedback. I saw two of you wasn't shy giving me some one-star review on Apple iTunes. 
<laughs> I laugh at those. I'm like, I ain't going to stop. I will have the suckiest podcast and you will like it. Okay. So if you want to go offset that one star and two stars somebody gave me, you go give me some love, please. If not, I don't care. I don't get paid for this. I do this for fun. <laughs> so, so there, you can't take my fun away. Um, all right. So I think they covered all of my bases. So you can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Player FM, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Audible, Amazon. I'm everywhere. So go find the show and listen to your great places. And don't forget, I'm now on Facebook and on Tumblr and on Instagram. <laughs> so <laughs> you guys have a great time. I'm glad to be back and I hope you're doing well. Bye-bye. Has your guild died and you don't want to join another guild? Does your guild log in and raid then immediately log out, leaving your casual booty alone and shivering, talking to the statues in Veldraken or the potted plants in Dalaran? Is your server dead, but you would rather order a pizza instead of buy a server transfer? Do you love your guild, but also love to expand your social circles in the hopes of hanging out and meeting fun, like-minded people? Is the phrase, the more the merrier, tattooed on your butt cheeks? Do you love to play many characters, multiple factions across many different servers, making it hard to establish roots in one guild? Do you crave to be a part of a guild family, but you're also an introvert? So it's kind of complicated, like the relationship you have with Netflix that keeps you entertained, but keeps killing off your favorite shows after one season? Is the poster, gaming is about the journey and not the leaderboards, a poster plastered on your bedroom ceiling? Do you love Warcraft, but also enjoy playing other games on the side? Do you want to add another Discord to the pile you're already a member of and share the latest pictures of your pets or the latest screenshots from your adventures? Do you want to help grow a new bifactional cross-realm variety gaming community? Then Clutchmates Gaming Community may be for you. There's actually only one way to find out. Head to CozyPodcastNetwork.com or CasuallyCasualPodcast.wordpress.com and find out more about the group. The Discord invite link is right there for you, and you can find out how to join us in-game right from the menu options, or, and also, follow uh, WoW Clutchmates on Twitter. Can't wait to meet you. May our paths cross again. I'll always treasure our time together. Goodbye. Peace. Or not. In my native tongue, my name means dances with tassels. <laughs> 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 <laughs>